Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I am talking with Tanaz Partawala, the manager of Kosti's Ukrainian host program, and Jen Van Israel. I think I've said that wrong. Uh, you can correct me after Jen. Uh, someone who has been a host to Ukrainian newcomers. Welcome, Tanaz, and welcome, Jen. Thank you, Marge. Thanks, Marge. Great to yeah. be here. I am very glad that we could find the time to do this. Tanaz, I have lots and lots of questions for you. But first, please introduce yourself and please let us know what Kosti is and what your role is. Sure, Marge. Thank you so much. So Kosti is a nonprofit. We're a social service organization based in uh we work throughout the GTA. Our head office is in Toronto, and it's a very fairly large organization. There are over 400 people working at Costi. Uh, we have 17 different locations throughout the GTA, including York Region. And um, we really focus on providing support and assistance to immigrants, newcomers, and refugees that are coming to the GTA. Okay. So you are, are you a social worker? Is that your background or? No, I'm not. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention also that Costi celebrated their 70th anniversary in November. So we're a very well-established organization. Yeah. I am not a social worker. <clears throat> I have um, a bachelor of business and also a master's in international affairs, but I've done a lot of work uh, in the nonprofit sphere. I used to live in New York and worked at the UN and did some work in a nonprofit in the US and here in Toronto. I'm from Toronto originally. And so I do a lot of project management and consulting in the nonprofit sector. And my role now, as you mentioned, is manager of the Ukrainian host program at Costi. Ooh, you have a very impressive uh, resume background. So yeah, it's a, uh, you, you, you have done a lot. So that's a uh, great. Thank you for that. Uh, when we have spoken previously, you have needed to correct me when I use the term refugees, those now coming from Ukraine are technically not arriving in Canada with refugee status. A special program has been created by the federal government Canadian-Ukrainian Authorization for Emergency Travel Program. And I think the COIT is the acronym for it. Please, can you tell us about that program? Yes, for sure. So that's correct. The federal government, Canadian federal government, created a new visa system process for Ukrainians um, to come and travel and live in Canada. This was established over a year ago um, after the war started in Ukraine. 
It uh, allows Ukrainians to, as I mentioned, come here. They're allowed to stay for two years or the duration of their passport. And along with the QIT visa, they are also getting work permit. So they're able to live and work here in Canada. Um, and it is important to make that distinction that they are not coming with refugee status. So refu refugees coming to Canada would enter either as a government assisted refugee, GAR, a short, the short acronym for that, or a um, privately sponsored refugee. And as a refugee, whether it's a government assisted refugee or a privately sponsored refugee, if you come as this official status as a refugee in Canada, you get one year support, financial support, either from the government or your private sponsor. Um, and beyond the financial support, there's housing available, um, there's social support. So the fact that Ukrainians are not coming with this status just means it um, does present some difficulties for them once they're here in terms of, especially in terms of housing, I would say, because they're not getting that housing allowance for the year. And as we all know, finding affordable housing in Toronto or the GTA, I should say, is a very difficult challenge for, for most people. Yeah, definitely. Housing is top of mind for so many people. So yeah, so thank you so much for explaining all that. I think a lot of us don't know about it. We haven't thought about it. So again, thank you very much for that. I believe a lot of people may not have met anyone who have, has come from the Ukraine. Uh, about how many people are here and are they, are they, how many people are still coming? Sure. Um, so as um, far as the latest statistics have come out from IRCC, Immigration Refugee Citizenship Canada, <clears throat> They have had over a million Ukrainians apply for the QIT visa. They apply while they're still overseas. Um, and of those, 750,000 plus have been approved. The approval rate is 99%, I would say. It's like very high percentage rate. So chances are <clears throat> the number of QIT visas that will be issued is going to go over a million for sure. And of that number, right now, there have been 158,000 Ukrainians that have entered Canada with a QIT visa hmm. within the past year. Um, of course, they have until March 31st, 2024 to enter Canada with their QIT visa. And I think most people are expecting as we get closer and closer to that date, the numbers will go higher and higher for sure. Right now, on average, um, there are approximately 200 Ukrainians arriving each day at Pearson Airport. Well, I don't think most people realized it was that many. So that that is uh, really... Uh... Good to know. Very eye-opening that uh, there are, are, are so many. So thank you for telling us that. It is a significant number. And um, again, 
because they're not coming as refugees. They are actually, for the most part, buying their own plane tickets from Europe, from Poland or Germany, and coming on their own. And because of that, we do notice that as airfares fluctuate a little bit higher or lower, it also affects the number of Ukrainians coming. So for sure, we're expecting in September, October, after the summer season, when airfares go down, that number could easily peak to 400 Ukrainians arriving each day. Woo. Okay. Something again, I didn't think about flight prices affecting how the immigrate when they were coming over here, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so not all immigrant, those coming from Ukraine need assistance. Some have connections here and can get established, but uh, yeah, they very often they need a temporary place to stay. So um, there have been some emergency shelters throughout the GTA, including a hotel uh, in Richmond Hill. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, again, given the number of people coming, let's say on average, there's 200 people arriving each day, by all means, they all don't need support from Costi or organizations like Costi. Many of them do have friends, family, connections, um, in the GTA, that's the nice thing of having a large uh, Ukrainian diaspora here in, in the GTA. So they already are well connected. They um, have a home to go to. They, they are already well on their way in terms of their settlement, you could say. So that's a positive thing. Uh, however, there still is a significant percentage that unfortunately don't have those connections here in Canada or the GTA. And when they land, they have nowhere to go. So the federal government has set up uh, an emergency accommodation program. It's two weeks of a hotel stay um, that is supported and funded by the federal government. It's in Toronto, it's being administered by another organization called QIS. Kiwis is based at the Toronto Pearson Airport. And upon arrival, somebody arrives at Pearson Airport, they have nowhere to go, they can register with Kiwis, and Kiwis will provide them with a hotel room for two weeks. So that works really well. And that's, of course, a huge benefit to a lot of newcomer clients that are arriving. The unfortunate thing is that two weeks goes by very fast. And landing in a new country, there's so much to do. They try and take care of getting their SIN number, their bank account, all of that. Um, so to also think about employment and renting an apartment, it's just sometimes not feasible. It's not realistic. For that reason, the uh, different municipalities in the GTA, York region, Peel region, Durham region, and Toronto, they all uh, set up their separate hotel sites in the different in their different municipalities to um, allow for a longer stay for Ukrainians. So after they finish their two-week stay with the federal hotel program, if there's availability, they can move on to these other hotels that are supported by the municipalities and they can stay for longer until they actually have employment and uh, rental apartments lined up for themselves. The unfortunate thing is 
those municipal programs that were running for close to a year, just under a year maybe, are now wrapping up. The one in Peel region, which was in Mississauga, has closed. The one in Richmond Hill, York region, will be closing this summer. Um, Durham is still going, but I think they also have a, a timeline for wrapping up. Right. So that will create a huge bear, um, hurdle, um, a gap in services for sure. And there will definitely be families that after two weeks just will be struggling to find somewhere to go. Yeah. And that really is your job is to find some place for people to go. And uh, you're thinking outside of the box and you know, we don't have to have self-contained apartments are not the only solution. So you're really hoping that people will open their homes, host an, an individual, a family, um, you know, just be it in an extra bedroom, your basement, uh, really sort of to be creative. So this is where I want to ask Jen um, what you have done. You have sort of stepped up and uh, uh, welcomed uh, some new Ukrainian uh, refugee, not refugees, Ukrainians uh, to your home. So Jen, please tell us about that. Uh, yes, uh, um, happily. It's been just really the most amazing experience. So when, when this war started, it really, really affected us, my, me and my husband, and we just, we knew we wanted to help. And, and we had an empty basement apartment. So we, we opened up, uh, we opened up, sorry, we reached out to Costi. And it was a simple process. We filled out some paperwork. They did an initial interview. They came for a site visit. Uh, they ran a police check on us, which frankly, we were very happy to see that they're that diligent in what it is. <laughs> and making sure we were okay for this. So that was great. Um, after that, Ikea donated furniture. And literally 24 hours later, there was a family on my front lawn. <laughs> so sort of like, wait, 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 wait. And then boom, right? Yeah. And Tanaz called me and said, look, there's a family. They've got to be out of this hotel. We'll be there tomorrow. I said, okay. okay. I looked out my front door and outside were three adults two adorable little children and six suitcases. Like, can you imagine that's yeah. all you have, right? Yeah. It's amazing. And they all just, they, everyone was nervous with no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. So I burst through the door blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just kind of stood there. Who is yeah. this crazy person? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just kept blowing bubbles at them until the kids started chasing them. Yeah. And that's when, okay, we broke the ice, right? So once that was there, I brought them downstairs. I showed them the basement. I had, you know, I'd moved to a new country before. So I kind of know what it's like moving somewhere new, but I at least got the opportunity to plan and to bring everything I needed and they didn't. So we were trying really to make this as easy as we could under the circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a map where I colored in the recommended grocery stores, the banks, the restaurants, the parks, the library, mm -hmm. right? showing them around, uh, recommending places to go, things to see. The husband had a job within two weeks. Mm -hmm. It was really, really impressive, right? They, they came determined to make this work. I think everything Costi had taught them about, taught, showed them, okay, we need to get going, right? We need to move forward. And he had a job within two weeks. 
And originally they were only supposed to be with us for two months, but they wanted to bring all the, the children in school and, you know, trying to save up enough money for first and last month's rent and doing that. It was, it was a lot. And we got so much out of this. Hmm. We, you know, we got so much out of it, of talking to them, getting to know them, their family, their customs and culture. They're still here with us. The kids Hmm. are going to school. Uh, Dad has um, a better job. Mom just started a job and just watching. Right. So we watched contentment and comfort replace fear and trepidation. We've watched the children grow and become confident in themselves. We've watched them gaining friends and going to school and learning and improving their English. And we've gained lifelong friends in the process. Very nice. So that is such a a nice, comforting story to hear. so just do you, um is there a language barrier like how did you communicate with them i'm assuming you don't speak ukrainian i do not so the husband and wife both speak english okay okay the grandmother doesn't hmm. she only speaks russian and ukrainian i speak about three sentences in russian okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know but you know what Context, body language, mm-hmm. sign language, they're all pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can tell a lot and get through a lot just on that. Yeah. Uh, the kids spoke English. I mean, as well as a two year old speaks any language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So the kids are, are quite young then. Uh, yes. They're currently three and five. Okay. So we're quite young. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, just, uh, talking about the screening and matching is done. Like you did, there was some, there was matching. You had agreed to take a family and not just an individual. Uh, and, uh, Tanaz was saying how they even sometimes will bring their pets over. So, um, you didn't, Jen, you didn't have a pet to worry about. No, no. Okay. So (laughs) yes. Uh, I've heard the story of how many have brought pets that they, there's a, love their pets so anyways it's a it's yeah it's a very nice story. thank you for so, sharing yes. that <laughs> um but the newcomers they're not left on their own there there is a settlement worker like that they help as well correct yes so um so definitely we in terms of the host program as jen mentioned we do an initial uh conversation, interview over the phone with any potential hosts. And at that time, we'll find out about their accommodation. And we'll also ask them, you know, in an ideal situation, who would you, what kind of family composition you would like to have? Or is there any criteria in terms of language? Some people, it is a necessity for them that the the guest does speak some English. For others, they're very flexible and open about that. Um, We ask how they feel about pets, about children, the age of the children, Etc. So we go through a whole slew of questions like that, because we really do want to make sure it is a good fit all around. Um, so it is like matchmaking in a way. Um, we try our best. We definitely um, 
because we are getting a large volume of clients every single day, we do give priority to those that we think can benefit the most from having a host family. Um, some of the more vulnerable populations or in Jen's case, families with small children, <clears throat> sometimes it's seniors or single moms. Um, we do try and give priority to them with the host that we have available. But regardless, we, we take into consideration what the host will tell us in terms of who they would best, um, you know, feel most comfortable with in their home. And then once we've made the match, we do have settlement workers. We have um, a staff that are Ukrainian and Russian speaking, and they continue to work with the clients once they are in the host home to make sure there is a settlement plan. The idea of the host program, it's to be temporary housing. It's that stepping stone between this two week accommodation in the hotel and finding their own uh, permanent resident, you know, uh, rental apartment. So because of that, whether it's one month, two months, sometimes six months, the idea is to have a settlement uh, worker continue to engage with them to make sure there is a settlement plan, to make sure they're working on their language skills if that is required, to see if they're um, making steps towards employment. Um, sometimes there's survival jobs to start, but we do you know, try and help them Maybe that's the first step. Ideally, what what field, what area do they want to work in? And then looking for for, the, for that housing where that will be their more permanent residence where they can actually settle in and grow roots. Yeah, very good. Okay. So, yeah, it's um, a lot to think about for a new family to come. It certainly sounds that there is support for making sure that everything gets done and uh uh, that yeah people are well looked after but you really are encouraging people to consider having a fam sharing their their home with a, a ukrainian family and there's a real need for that there is a great need again we we can only help a small portion of the families that actually reach out to us just because we have nearly not don't have nearly enough uh, host homes available. We actually, a large number of our hosts re-host. I would mm -hmm. say like, I don't know, one third or close to one half host again. After hosting one or two months, they family moves out and they're ready to take another family. So it is a positive experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it just makes, as Jen mentioned, it makes such a huge difference for a newcomer family that's that's arriving here. Um, and it can be just having a spare bedroom. We have lots of hosts that have um, grown children that have left the home or away at university and their bedroom is sitting there. So they'll offer their room for a short time or space in a basement, a basement apartment. Even on occasion, we've had entire homes available which is super for larger families that we need to find housing for. But whatever the space and for whatever the time, if somebody you know has that one bedroom that's available for one month, we would be more than happy to um, bring them on board and to match them with a Ukrainian family. And that one month alone will mean all the difference to that family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Uh, are there opportunities for the Ukrainian people to get together with other Ukrainian people? Like, are there events? Are there ways to connect up? 
That's a great question. And it's so important because it can be a very isolating experience coming to a new country. So uh, there definitely are activities and events. I know in Richmond Hill, there's the Welcome Center. They are running uh, lots of different activities for newcomers in general, but they have some specific ones for Ukrainians, which is fantastic. Um, Costi, we um, do have some activities from time to time. Last week, we held a Canada Day beginning to summer celebration in High Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a great event. We had music, live music and food and um, Canadian flags and Ukrainian flags. So it was a fun time for everyone. We also had a holiday party. So we do things, other organizations, as I mentioned, there's QIS. They are very involved with the Ukrainian response as well. So they definitely have activities for Ukrainians too. And there's Ukrainian church. There will be a big Ukrainian street festival in September in Bloor West Village. Uh, We were there last year and we'll be there again this year. And it's just such a big turnout and a really, really um, important and positive event for, for new Ukrainians to come. They'll, they'll be embraced by the, the community here. Love to hear that. That's uh, I'm glad that uh, there's a celebration of Canada Day and also that in September there is another something else to look forward to. So uh, good because I'm sort of worried about how they are actually feeling. Are they feeling happy and such and they do get to celebrate uh, coming here. So yeah. Okay. Tanaz, I'm really hoping that uh, those listening to this podcast, you really will consider um, hosting in some ways, um, or they may know others who do. So you certainly would like us to reach out to you with any ideas that you have. Um, and, you know, I certainly will put in the podcast notes how to how to reach you, more information about the, the forms and such. So yeah, it's um really, I think it really is important. The numbers that you gave us really wow that's a lot of people coming here so we need to we as canadians we as people who live in the gta need to step up yeah every every little bit helps so if it's hosting somebody that would be fantastic if it's passing on um information about the program passing on this podcast to somebody who might be interested that itself would be a huge uh and welcome assistance for us Uh, We definitely are trying to get the word out. We know that there are so many people that would love to help and participate. It's just getting them aware of this program and spreading the word. And then whoever is interested, by all means, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to have a conversation, answer any other questions. I know it can be a little bit of a scary or daunting thing at the beginning to have you know, somebody you don't know coming into your home, but we really are by your side and we'll happy to walk you through it. And we're there as your partner to offer support. Very good. Thank you for that. So um, anything else that you wanted to add? I think that's it. I really want to thank you, Marge, for giving me this opportunity to talk about the host program. Um, I'm excited to see 
what happens. Yeah. Like I've, I've had people say to me at different events, what can I do to, you know, how can I help? And I'm like, I, I don't know. So I'm happy that I now can say, well, contact Tanaz and she will find ways for you to, um, to help out. So, yeah. So Jen, let us know, like, if you had some fun, have you, have you gone any, gone to the park or had some fun with your family, the family that you're with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. We've gone to the park. We've gone shopping. We've gone to the waterfront. I've taken them to many different parks around, right? Mm-hmm. We're in downtown Toronto. So there's lots, lots. of parks available. Yeah. That. They've gone to the cottage. Hmm. Right. We, we like to show them all the way around. We're going to go to um, Black Creek Village. Right. Mm-hmm. And really just showing them a lot of Toronto and Canadian history. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take them out on the boat. Right. So there's a lot we do. And we color. We color. Right. You know, the girls are three and five. So I buy coloring books all the time and we just stay in color. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Sidewalk chalk, you know, little yeah. girls are easy. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Okay, well, thank you for for that. And uh, yeah, anything else that you wanted to say about the program? Any words of encouragement you could offer? I can't stress enough how amazing this has been. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so much more out of this. We wanted to help somebody, but what we've given ourselves in doing this has been just beyond what we could even imagine. And if we had more places, we'd have more people in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Thank. Well, thank you for doing that. Thank you for saying this. And uh, yeah, let's hope we have some more good news stories and uh, of, of such. So I do end the podcast with a question about what name, asking you to name one thing you really like about this community. I'm often talking about people in Richmond Hill, but both of you are in Toronto, but uh, close enough. So Let's start with you, Jen. What's something that you really like about living here? So I actually worked in Richmond Hill for several years. So I would go up there five days a week. Yeah. And I've got to say, you've got great restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yep. No, with lots of good places to eat. We're very (laughs) fortunate that way. Yeah. So Tanaz, can you name one thing that you really like about this community? Uh, I'll say inclusivity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm from Toronto and I went um, I went away far for a very long time and I'm happy to be back. And it just as an adult, I'm coming back and with my own child, it's really important to me. Yeah. In very our good. culture, in our society, the inclusivity. Yeah, very nice. Nicely said. OK, well, thank you, both of you. Thanks, both of you for, for doing this, for spending the time. And I'm hoping it's very worthwhile. And uh, we those people around Richmond Hill that uh reach out to you and are opening up their homes to these many, many Ukrainian people that are coming here. So again, thank you. We really appreciate it, Marge. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.